Tack. Welcome to Let's Grab a Cup podcast. This is where we talk about leadership, authenticity, resiliency. We provide a place to hold space for one another. I'm your host, Adam Sturgeon. So why don't you grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever suits you at this moment. Let's dive in. Well, welcome to Let's Grab a Cup podcast. I am Adam Sturgeon. And today on the show, I have a special show today. We have uh, Brad and Heather Davis. They're, uh, they live in Arizona, right? Arizona. And Brad has been on the Border Patrol for the last 13 years. And in 2021, Brad and Heather decided to start their own coffee roasting business called Battleborn Coffee Roasters, which is fantastic coffee. If you ever order a pack, I got the multi-pack. You get that and you get a sticker on top of it, which I added to my water bottle. So it's fantastic. So today we'd like to welcome you guys. Thank you for coming to the show. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. So like we start most of these shows, I really just like to know like your background. Um, we'll kind of back up to how you grew up, where you guys where you guys both grew up and how you guys met and you guys can like bounce off each other if you like. And then kind of what led you into a first the first responder world and get into the border patrol. So it's uh, where did you guys grow up? We grew up we grew up in southern Indiana. So uh, back in the Midwest, um, both of us kind of in tiny towns. Same, the same town, basically. Same central town, but we lived in like in the outskirts. We're on separate sides of the town, but we grew up in the same town. Okay. Did you know each other growing up? No. We met at uh, our first jobs. We both worked at the same place, actually. What was that? So we serving hamburgers. I was 17 and he was 16 and we started dating. It was 27 years ago, a couple days ago. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Wow. That was a date. So, yeah. (laughs) After high school and college. (laughs) So, well, uh, did you, okay, so I know like um, Brad went into law enforcement. Heather, what did you, like what direction were you going when you were in your younger years? I was a graphic designer. Okay. in Cincinnati, at Chiquita was my last job. I really liked that. Really? But, yeah. When we got the EOD, we had to start with the Border Patrol. I had to leave. So we moved across the country, and we moved to a, such a small town that there wasn't really much work to be had. And then I started homeschooling. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't really need to work now. <laughs> so do you create all the uh, design for Battleborn? Ew, yeah, that's really cool. Could fit in nice with that because she <laughs> she can do it. And the silly thing this is probably jumping way ahead, but like designing labels and stuff. It's she asked me a color, and she'll ask, "What color are we doing?" Because all of our bags have kind of a like an overall color. Yeah, uh, green or kind orange or yellow yeah. or whatever. What which? But which orange? I'm like, I don't know, orange. Like, <laughs> It's not that hard, but then to her, there's a million different oranges. You got dusty orange, and and with the with the other colors, you know, it's got to be in the whole scheme. So that's so funny. So who makes the ultimate decision on the color? She does. Yeah, probably me. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. He's like, whatever. (laughs) I'm more with that. I'm more big picture. 
and she's real intricate. And with the coffee, I get real, especially with making it, with the actual product itself, I'm real. He's super OCD de- about it. Details matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, it's, you know, she doesn't understand It's good that I'm not in charge of the roasting. Yeah. So we're, we, it works good together. <laughs> That's so funny. So we'd be getting like an off coffee brand if it was Heather's job to roast. Yeah, yeah, it would not taste very good. Well, no, <laughs> it won't be as good as yours. I know that. It, would, it definitely wouldn't be consistent. <laughs> yeah, consistency is important. So where do you think yeah. that that OCD? Where do you think that comes from? Oh, your, mom, your family. grandma, grandpa, grandpa, yeah, my mom's side, my mom's side. Oh yeah. What did your parents? What did your parents do? Um. Well, they're both retired now. They're in their seventies. But uh, my dad worked in the factory. Growing while I was growing up, um, and they made plastic bags. He was just an electrician. Yeah, but he worked. Like he, yeah. he was a maintenance guy at a at a factory. Oh, okay. Like these machines that would go down, or you know assembly stuff or whatnot. And uh, and he was an electrician, so he would do that on the side. And then after he quit the factory, then the, he did that like as a full-time, but like on his own. Because he had such a, you know, he's super intelligent. And he's OCD about that it, kind of stuff. He's, they're both very hard workers and very dedicated to their jobs. Yeah. So I think that was like number one. You think this is where you get your dedication for? Like, like you're kind of like your OCD. Like, I'm gonna make sure this is perfect. Could be. <laughs> with the with the coffee, like, so we, her and I drank very different coffees before. Um, I drank coffee for the personality of the company. The brand. Okay. Brand. Yeah. We bought by brands and right. I was a graphic designer. I work with a lot of marketing people. I'm like, no, nah, I I want good tasting coffee. I don't care what y'all are saying. Like, <laughs> I just want it to be good. Yeah. So I cared less about that, I guess yeah. I should have, but I, I didn't. And then, uh, she, you know, she was drinking like some local stuff from smaller places and organic this and all this kind of stuff. And I, I I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't care so much. And then when we started all this, it's like, well, why don't we just take the two ideas, the personality and the identity, or, or however you want to call it, yeah, put it with the quality that she she drank for, and and merge those two ideas. And that's kind of where we are, like with all of our coffee being organic, whether certified or uh, like one of them isn't certified. It's just. It's a direct trade coffee, so we talk to the farmer. And we, we know we, you know, what's important to us is that it is is it isn't like chemically sprayed and yeah. Altered. Those are the important things. The certification us. really isn't that big of a deal because we're also not organically certified, so we can't claim that on our label. Okay, our, our roastery itself would need to be certified organic. So I can't claim that, but all of our coffees are definitely clean and not sprayed. So they're all, but they all are organic, even though yeah. they're not certified organic? Everything is certified. Except for the one. Everything is certified raw as we get it. Yeah. But because the FDA, with the way we're doing the roastery, not currently being in our in our our shed here, our we're Oh, no. Oh, 
Because oh, I got a call. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but so we're uh, covered under cottage law in Arizona. Okay. So, I mean, everything's legal, but it's just the because the FDA hasn't certified our premise, our, our location here, our building and all of that as organic, um, we can't we can't use that word legally. So it's just a bunch of play on word silliness. Interesting. How hard is it to get certified? Um, it wouldn't be hard if I we had more money. money. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like everything you know, else, it, huh? It yeah, is, is, I think it's thousands of dollars. Really? I, I actually haven't looked into it, but and we we yeah. have to get another uh, another location. location. We would have to have a yeah. like a, even a warehouse where you have like a bathroom and a sink and yeah. running water and the drainage is proper and like all. We don't have a sink in here, you know. We, yeah. We wash our hands, hands in the house, in the and then house, come out here. The house, house is right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, come out here and, and make the coffee, and um, but it's just a matter of paying rent at a place like that. We're not that big yet, so we, it's you know, baby steps. We could have taken out a big loan and and gone all in, but I we didn't want to have payments. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're, no, I think you're doing it right. Yeah, start small and make sure get everything's done correctly and you'll get to the point where then you'll need a warehouse versus like forcing yourself into a place. You know what I mean? Looking forward to that day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go back. How did you decide that you were going to go towards law enforcement or how, and how did you end up in the border patrol? Brad? Um, we lived in kind of a crappy neighborhood for was that about seven, seven, uh, eight years. Yeah. And it got progressively worse as long as we were there. We, we moved in right out like literally months after September 11th. Yeah. And um, it, uh, I mean, it wasn't a wonderful neighborhood. It was a really cool old house built in 1905, and it was, we could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> so, First house, like. <laughs> so we, we bought that, and then uh, it got worse and worse and worse, and then we, we kind of, we kind of saw stuff that the news would even gloss over and, and like we would see things happen like with our own eyes and then hear the news story and it's like that's not true that's not what happened yeah. yeah we watched that yeah that's false fake and uh and we saw that nobody was doing anything were you near were you near you said you're indiana where in indiana this was in cincinnati yeah. oh the so cincinnati we- okay since we grew up in such a small town in Indiana, we had to move to Cincinnati, Ohio, Got it. which was about an hour away, 45 minutes or so, um, and we could actually have jobs there because there were positions for us. Uh, Brad was actually a jeweler. I was a jeweler. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. He made my wedding ring. Wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Customized awesome. personally. I like that. Great. Yeah. Made, made all from scratch. <laughs> Second one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that first one. <laughs> so Are you allowed to do that? Oh, come on. No, no, no hold on. Dude, it was, it was bad. Was it? it was a, so I worked. I, so this was a small shop. We were bench jewelers. We weren't salesmen or nothing like that. We, we would sit at wooden benches and itty-bitty chairs and, and make things with torches and metal. And, and not just, really a jeweler designer. No, I was. I was because people would always come up to you with ideas, and there were either ideas two or custom fix. guys, or just one. just one. One custom guy that would design the stuff, and then Brad could kind of go from 
his, you know, take his lead. But so we, uh, I was young. We were, you know, I was like these, this dude, 24. this I sat right next to a guy who was back then. He was in his mid sixties, and um, he was yeah, he was incredible. He could do anything with metal or wax or whatever. Like just it was mind blowing, but. He made this really awesome ring for for some customer one day, and uh, and it was just it might still be the coolest ring I've ever seen. I was like, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so it it didn't. I mean, he would have done a way, a way better job. <laughs> but it, I tried. It, was it, it like it, a Super Bowl it, ring? Like how big was this thing? Oh no, no, it was. So it was. So it ended up. It was going to be a round. That was the diamond. It was a round center stone in, yeah. in a bezel. Same diamond. So it's going to be like okay. a, a wrapped, you know, thing. And then if you're looking down on it, imagine the band, you know, going out to the sides. And then it had these two. The one he did was two. So it was platinum and uh, and uh, I want to say 18 karat yellow gold. So it was like very opposing colors, like a, a, a deep yellow and a white. And he made it all by hand, out of metal, no wax, no nothing, That's just out of metal. It was, it was insane. It, uh, one, two, four pieces, four pieces of metal. And I, I was like, well, I know exactly what it looks like, so it was the coolest thing ever. And so I made, um, I made, a, I made a wax uh, for one metal, one piece, and I was like, it's going to be even better. And in my mind it was, and then when it came, you know, I you send the wax off to be cast, and it comes back as this giant chunk of metal, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> All right, so I, I worked on it, worked on it, and um, it just—it wasn't—it wasn't what it was going to be, you know. And in the meantime, he's got the diamond, right? Yeah. So he's already got the diamond—the diamonds, because there were there were different there were round different, ones. <laughs> there anyway, different diamonds. so he had all the stones. And he's got this platinum, and he's already put out all the money, and he's still waiting to propose to me, right? So he's excited about doing that. So he's finally just like, oh, my God, I'm just going to put the stones in, and I'm going to propose, and then that'll be it. And so when he proposed, he got the ring out. And I was like, is this for real? Like, is this a joke? Because it looks like a bow tie. No. A polka-dotted bow tie. (laughs) The center of the dot tie is the diamond, and there were like two, you know, like uh, the, yeah, I know what you're saying triangle shapes with little round stones that look like polka dots. I didn't say a word. I I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't mention it to him. I knew how long he had been working on it, but then what? Like a couple weeks later, he's like, yeah. you know, I'm just not happy with that ring, and I was like, me neither. <laughs> It was a solid, real effort. Like it was. It was. Nice. It was. It was really nicely done. It was really well done. It just. It looked like a bow tie. Agreed. <laughs> it wasn't. I wish that I had pictures of the students. What it was done after. Yeah, we didn't have was, cell phone cameras back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Well, so, was, did you have to redo the whole proposal, or did that count? Oh no! no. Just, he just traded it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> So what year was this? You said 27, is 28 years ago, 27 years ago? No, no, no. When we, uh, 
got engaged to us. Oh, two? Yeah, maybe like 2002. Okay. No, we were still in the apartment. I swear we were. Around 2002. Okay, so you're in Cincinnati. It's o two, o one. Are you seeing all the stuff going on around you that you are kind of like distrusting what's going on in like the media and the world and everything? But and you decide you're you're a jeweler, you're a jeweler ish at this point. Uh, no, making make bow ties. We we got yeah, after that. <laughs> so I got kicked out of the jewelry business. Not really. Uh, so. We were. I was at a small shop, and uh, the jewelry. So in oh six, seven, eight, like in that time frame, you might remember there was the whole like the housing crash. There was all sorts of weird stuff oh, going yeah. on. Yeah. Dot com. And and so uh, the little places were closing up. They were they they just weren't surviving. So I went to three different. Uh, the first place came in. They you know it was. They gave us. I don't remember how many months. They're like, hey, we're we're. We're closing. It's just not working. I'm not making money. Gave us a few months to find another job. I did. That was a. It was. Wasn't really what I was doing. It was a polisher, and I wasn't a polisher, and I thought I could, but turns out they know a lot more than I did about polishing. And so that didn't work. Went to another jewelry shop. Then uh, six months later, on my birthday, it was on my birthday. Was it? It was in February for sure. We walked in, it was all like different. I'm like, what is going on here? And then the owners walked in, they're like, hey guys, crying. She was crying. We gotta let y'all go. We're closing up the shop. Uh, you're gone today, so go home. There was that one. So then I was like, I'm gonna be a professional athlete. And, uh, he always liked cycling. Okay. He's really cycling. And is that 25, 26? How old were you? Uh, so yeah, around there, 20. Oh Four, God. five, six. Yeah. And that's when you decided to be a professional athlete, 26. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you decided, well, then you were going to be a personal trainer. Well, I was doing some personal training and on this, uh, as a side Certified, game. you know. So I'm going to race bikes now. Oh, I was already, but like. like for real, like, let's do this. Like, I'm going to be a pro. Yeah. Where were you at? What were you doing on this, Heather? What were you doing? Were you doing the graphic design stuff? Yeah. So you're were you the stable one in the relationship then? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I kept the job. Yeah, I held down the fort. I paid the bills. Got yeah. it. We didn't have any kids yet. We decided I was going to let him have until we were thirty. We, we, well, I we didn't even say that long. I said let's let's give this a year or two and oh, see. Okay. If, yeah. So I thought like no, I was good. I was a good amateur, and I was like, let's see what happens. Like if I am not working. And like can really right, focused. Yeah, I was I was competing against people who that was their job in the same event. Like I, you know, I was I was up there, so it's like, well, I wonder what ha- happens if I'm also not working and riding full time, training full time. Uh, I ended up tearing a hamstring. It was so it went downhill kind of quickly, but <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> so then. uh yeah, then, so I started applying for I, – I went to uh, Cincinnati PD because we were there. Um, went to a recruiter, we lived in town, you know. Went to a recruiter, <laughs> talked to them, heard some very interesting things. Which, can say it? I don't see why not. I, I, I was 
Mary, it's the truth. It is the truth. This is true. But, you know, they straight up told me and another guy, this dude was a veteran too, a white guy, and the the dude straight up said, like, hey, you know, you're not black or a female, so. Don't luck. even don't even apply. <laughs> you're not, you don't stand a chance. And I'm like, all right. Well. And this is 2008, 2010? No, Six, seven. Eight, six, seven, eight. Something around there. Interesting. Um, and I mean, I was told that before, too, but... <clears throat> so we applied. I applied many... Uh, not many. Several other we places. Tried to go to San Diego. We did, yeah, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Phoenix. It was just what... what to be a police. Those are all police officer jobs. Right. So he, wanted to, he wanted to do some kind of... We're, we're going to fix stuff. Yeah, you know you you see it every day. Yeah, and somebody's got to do something about this. <laughs> you had high hopes. Yeah, and uh, so we put it for this too, uh, the, the BP stuff, and uh, it's just kind of like. So wait, say that again. Stuff. Sorry, I missed that. Say that again. Uh, we put it for Border Patrol too. Okay. Kind of all in the same. Around the time. same time, but Border Patrol takes like a year just to get everything process you got to yeah. do tests and health tests and physicals and submit this and submit that and it's just a whole bunch of steps the fbi came to our house and talked to us they came to my friends had to talk to my friends like my friends not his friend my friends i don't know if it's still that way but. <laughs> i know it was crazy i'm like wow that's really intense <laughs> i remember there's a couple of border patrol guys when i was younger who were trying to get me to apply. And this was, I had to be like in college at the time. I don't even know how I met them, but um, yeah, I remember then they were like really like trying to like guess apply in California. Yeah. I didn't, but they're, they're trying, they're trying hard. Did they go or no? <laughs> two guys, these two guys were already in it. They had already started and they were telling me I wasn't, I wasn't out of college yet. I was too young, but they were like, Hey, you just, this is why you should do this. And so I was, cause I was still trying to figure out if I was going federal or city. At the time, so yeah. is it interesting? It's completely. It feels like it's completely different how they handle anything. But I think it is. Yeah, it's. I think currently, I, I think everybody's kind of screwy. It's, you know, it's things are just weird right now. Yeah, forever. <laughs> we deal. We deal with city PD. Where where I'm stationed, there's there's a town there, so we deal with those guys. It's interesting. Both sides are like, yeah, it's just, just wait, you know, just do what you can and wait, and it'll hopefully correct. So they they hire you. Did you stick with just that one application process, or were you still trying to go with multiple? Well, I went. I, I saw I was in a lot of processes, um, and Cincinnati. Obviously, I didn't. I got nowhere. Indianapolis. I was in. I was like part of a class. Oh yeah, you have to do a training thing or something. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly, but I I, I was in a in a not a class, a but like a group going yeah. to a class or something. I, I forget how they called it, but um, <clears throat> then that was like lost funding. You know, it was kind of in that same six, seven, eight, whatever time period where funding was disappearing. It was there, and then it's not, and. Uh, so that, that didn't work out. Phoenix was, I forget what, San Diego was 
and everybody everything was just like taken forever. Yeah, and Border Patrol just <laughs> was the one that happened, the one that yeah. went far. You know, hey, do you want the job? It's like yes. <laughs> and immediately, yes, thereafter, please. <laughs> immediately thereafter, she Chiquita moved. Yeah, so she would have lost her job. I would have. Uh, it, within a few months after I left, anyway. Yeah, where, where I they, had no idea. Where they moved to? North Carolina. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. they have like okay. I always think I see like Chiquita stuff like outside of the outside of the country, or if it was maybe it was Hawaii. Oh or yeah, no, they have they have other stuff too. But yeah. like the the North American headquarters, as far as I know, most recently are in North Carolina now. Interesting. It was in Cincinnati. <laughs> I made I made a second fresh fresh cup. I can only take one cup. This is my cold cup of coffee. This is number two. Yeah, I always ha- I always have two in the morning. These law enforcement guys. Oh, you can only do one too. No, I do two in the morning for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then it's, and then I usually need one after lunch. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do that. That's too much for me. Spill it everywhere. So the border patrol, they uh, decided to move you, or they is it part of the process? You have to go. I mean, you have to. At the time, it was Southwest border. It was that's where you're going. They tell you which station you're going to. You don't need to choose like your town. Yeah, you can. You can tell them no. We told them no on our first offer, which was in Texas, and then uh, the second offer. If we turned that down, we were out. Really, we weren't other offers. Go start over. You're rolling dice. Rolling dice. What, start over? Yeah, like you have to start the process oh, over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to start the application process over again and go through all the go through all the hoops again. So it's like, okay, like we gotta we gotta take that second one, whatever it is. Why not? Why it. not Texas? It was near El Paso. It was in New Mexico. It was near El Paso. He hates New Mexico because that's where he had to do his training. I, I think it's beautiful. I love it. There. You know, you hear, <laughs> like, you hear all this stuff. Like, we still believed what the news, not what the news was saying. We still, but you still, you still take things at face value. We still took things then at face value. And El Paso being right across the border from Juarez, you hear all these horrible Juarez stories, right? All right. These, these drug cartels are murdering people right, left, and center all, every night, everywhere. Coming into El Paso, and we had just had our first baby, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to be in that situation. Yeah, no, yeah. it makes sense. Living in, in downtown, on oh, not downtown, but like in town in Cincinnati, kind of in the hood. So I was like, we need to, we need to make it a little better. <laughs> I don't want to go back into more of this, you know. <laughs> and we had this 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 vision of, oh, we're gonna go to. Oh, California is where it's at. It's going to go be to San great. Diego. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beaches. It's going to be warm. No more snow. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to love California. And, and that was the goal. Huh? And? And then we moved to California. We're like, California sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live here anymore. Where did you end up? Where did you end up in California? Twice as much. We we I was stationed in Calexico, but we lived in uh, we lived in El Centro and Imperial, which is basically basically the same town, just different street signs. Yeah. For those that don't know where Calexico is, can you explain it in Cal in California? It's about the middle of the state on the border, so it's it's on the uh, south. Yeah, yeah, on the southern border, about halfway through the state. So 
San Diego headed east. You have you have the mountains, and it drops down, and it's below sea level for for like an hour and a half. Um, you're down there, okay. so it's below sea level. Really, really, really hot. Really hot, really dry, never any rain. It's the same environment as like Phoenix. It's worse by far. How far it's away is that from San Diego? There's nothing around. What's that? How far away were you guys from San Diego or for the beaches? Well, like from the beaches, say like it was like an hour and a it's half. An hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. But you go, so it, I, I want to say it was like we had it down. It was like a half hour, a half hour to the base of the mountains. A half hour, another half hour to the checkpoint at Campo, <clears throat> and then another half hour to the beaches or something. That sounds about something right. Like yeah. Something like that. Something like that. It's not terribly far. No, it we were there every weekend. Oh, yeah. There you go. Like, we had to because I, we, that town is just not not friendly to law enforcement. <laughs> not, not friendly to people who haven't grown up there. Really? Yeah. yeah they really don't like outsiders. So, yeah. It made it really difficult to try and, you know, I did have a group of moms who were other. There's a, also a military base. The Blue Angels trained there. Yeah. Okay. So um, I had some friends in the military. I had some other friends in Border Patrol. But other than that, nobody really wants to talk to you. Yeah. Try and smile at people at the at the store. And they're like, <laughs> okay. I just won't look at anyone. How many years did you spend there? Four. Yeah. <laughs> And then we moved to Yuma. Then we finally realized, hey, let's let's go to Yuma. You finally helped me into it. You wanted to go. You, tra- you transfer? Is that a transfer? Yeah. He just drove. That's an hour. I did the commute. Uh, um, <clears throat> at the time, there was a lot of uh, work. Was there, there were? How do I say this? There was. I like guns. We had we had guns. We had all sorts of stuff that was bought legally, and then California did made some changes, and um, they even would come into work and like they put this out to everyone, like, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't have this stuff anymore." And it's like, well, we, we, "What we do? So, well, don't take it anywhere because it's getting weird." And then there was there was some guys at work that were getting in trouble for stuff, and it's like, see ya, we're going to Yuma. So <laughs> don't want to have to deal with your California crap anymore. <laughs> so yeah. we went to we went to Yuma, and I did the commute for five years. We had a carpool, you know. There's other guys who were doing it. How far away is that Yuma? It was right at an hour. Is um, we live kind of on the east side of Yuma, oh, so. Yeah. Out of town. It was it was still an hour. It was like sixty five miles door to door. All right, but call it an hour. But it took us that long to get transferred to another station. And it took well, five years to. We the, probably could have taken maybe like Otho, but like yeah. to get to a town like Tucson is kind of in our mind. It's the best of the stations because you can actually be in town. And like have a normal life and not live out in the middle of nowhere, three hours from everything. Right. Because um, a lot of the stations that. are really far away from anything. So. And how many? We're, we're, we're really lucky to be able to get this station. Yeah. Is it like a seniority thing? How you pick stations? 
Yep. It's That's a seniority and a need for, you know, there had, if a station doesn't need anyone, then it's not on the list. If you, you know, you can put in for what's open and where you want to go might not, you know, might not be open. There, there were times that there was nothing in San Diego area. Like you can put in to go wherever you want, but, but only, there's, only there's these no five stations. <laughs> so, yeah, we, but Nogales is good. Uh, it's, it's 68 miles door to door. So we had the long commute because we wanted to live in town and not down there. So when how many kids did you have at this point? Three girls. Three girls. And you were commuting an hour plus away? Yeah. Plus how it's was, a 10-hour shift every uh, day. And did you ever did you ever have days where you had to stay at the station because it was you were there too long for like doubles or anything like that, or did you always come uh, home? I always come home. I I never. I mean, I have extra clothes in the locker or whatever, but I come home. You know, like there. If something really weird like that happens, I don't know that it. I don't know that I have. I've had some late nights, but like, um, there. You can make it so that if if something happens, you know you can. You can take a day off. Yeah, yeah, you can come in later the next day or make up for it. Yeah, they're understanding not, in that way. Not every not every station is that is has as much flexibility as where I'm at. But and were you working? Pretty, were you working four or three days a week? How many how many days a week were you working? Five. Five tens. Five tens. Wow, it's a long time away. Yeah. How was that for you, Heather? Right with the three girls. Well, you know, you kind of get used to it, and we don't have any family over here, really. His sister and mom live up in Phoenix, but that's two hours away. So I don't really have any support, so you just figure out how to do things on your own, and that's why it's like I can I can run the coffee business, whatever. That's fine. I'm already homeschooling. I'm already raising the kids. Like, you know, Brad pops in, and we get to spend some time with him, and I try not to put too much on him, so I try to handle most of the stuff. That way he can just focus on supporting us, and I try and manage the rest of everything. So you're still doing 510s right now? Yeah. And you're doing the coffee full-time? Oh, yeah. on your time. Uh, time. That's why like, we don't have a coffee shop. We don't have a... Yeah. We're not serving anywhere right now. We were doing the market. That was ri- that was the hardest, I think. It was. That was that was a lot. It was good financially, but for the business, yeah. But it, it, when we got kicked out of there, we really actually did get kicked out of there. I know. I think you were telling me about this. Yeah. <laughs> the um. It was. It's it sucked to take the financial hit, mm-hmm. and I really um. It shows you that, like, in your mind, you think, oh, well, these customers are buying, you know, you're selling whatever, 15 bags a day at the market. You're thinking, well, so a week, call it, uh, because we're there once a week. Call that 15 bags a week. It's like, oh, well, I'll still keep those customers, you know, because we can do online and local deliveries and all this. Well, they'll still buy from us. They don't, because we're not out of sight, out of mind, you know. Yeah, I can say being too. There are a couple we did get a that couple have that, hung that, on and stuck with us, but you know, they go to the market the lots of them go to the market every week and that's just That's what, what they, they do. do. Yeah. We're already there. So they picked up our coffee and now 
it's wherever they go. So, right, so you you're in Yuma, and this is what year? We were there from thirteen to eighteen. Yeah, in Yuma, one and, kid to another kid, yeah. and then you transferred after that. <laughs> every time we, every time you had a kid, you move. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Every time I got pregnant, we would move, and I'd be like, "Come on." This is terrible. He's working, you know, he's gone 12 hours a day. I got to pack everything. I got to figure this out. I got to move all these boxes. I'm eight months pregnant. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. Oh, man. All right, so now you, are you settled now where you're at? Yeah. So what station, are you, I don't even want to tell you what station you're at now, or don't talk about that? I'm at Nogales. We live in Tucson. Is that, is that a far drive? Yeah, it's it's still an hour. Really? Yeah. Is it because it's so close to the like the cities are so close to the border as far as like where the stations are? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Station here in Tucson, but if you don't have like fifty years in, <laughs> never gonna make it. Not literally, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. It takes a while. It's like all the San Diego stuff, you know, like oh, guys. That, I don't know how anybody gets into that station. <laughs> Guys that were getting transferred to San Diego sector when I came over here with my same timing were still, I don't know if you know a lot about the area down there, but do you know where Campo or Boulevard is? No. They're kind of, they're, they're like they're out of town. Yeah, like maybe what? 30, Half hour, yeah. 30, 45 minutes out of town. So depending on where people live, you know, they still have an hour commute living in San Diego. If they want to live in San Diego. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, some of Data. those guys live. <laughs> like, I know a guy who lives in Coronado, which is as far out there as you can get. Yeah. And he's he's in one of those stations now, and he has a it's, – it's an hour, solid hour commute for him. But he's living at home. Right. But he can't get closer stations because everybody wants that. It's, it's, there's a lot of competition. It's hard to get. I mean, even with 13 years in, you have no seniority. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and after talk. like five, you feel like you're, oh, I have five years on, and now you have 13, you still can't get where you want to go. Yeah. Four days off. We got, we got <laughs> Tucson. What? I, you no, know? Yeah. No <laughs> so now, so now I'm going want. back to like when you were growing up or when you guys were together and you were living in Cincinnati and seeing all this stuff going on around you and this whole idea of like I want to make a difference and change things because I see how things are handled. Okay, now you've seen, it's been 13 years now, right? You've seen that the way that things are handled, now impact that you've been able to make. Have you been able to do what you, A, thought you could do or B, what you wanted to do? <laughs> No one can hear you shaking your head no, by the way. But you no. enjoy you do like the job. I don't I can't see him doing anything else that he would enjoy this much, honestly. He does really seem to enjoy it. So it, it may was, not be what he expected. It's it's weird because I've seen so it's thirteen years. Let's go back. What, what, how many presidents have we had? We had we had Bush, obviously. We Obama. Had, um, Trump. Four. Oh, but, but Bush, oh, well, the Bush trickle, right? The, the yeah. They trickle over. It didn't. Bush, quite Obama. Begin, but 
Trump and Obama Biden. And, um, Trump. Trump and Biden. So without getting super political, I've seen very different border patrols in 13 years. Um, Does it fluctuate that much between presidents? You don't notice it. And, and like you see that you see it happening, and it's like, oh, I think it does. Yeah, it's huge. It's astronomical. Really, like mind blowing. Yeah, very and, surprising. And you didn't like I didn't notice the Trump <clears throat> stuff. I guess and probably until after he was gone. Yeah, because it's like it's things just, slowly got better. Things are getting better, and it's like, fuck, yeah, like you know. In what can you explain? In what way? When you mean it's getting better. Supported, you're like people are actually getting in trouble for their crimes, yeah, there's, and <laughs> there's there were, and I'm sure that this, I'm sure this is the case for good leadership anywhere. But like, you know, Trump was talking about the wall. We're going to build the wall, the wall, the wall. Everybody's all focused on this wall. And I remember the wall starting the wall. I've been places with fence. We call it we call it the fence, as you know. Fences are effective in certain manners. In some places of the of the border, a fence doesn't make sense. It's it's just it's a waste of money, and it doesn't make sense. But in that area, maybe a, a bunch of sensors make sense, or or maybe drones make sense. Or, you know, different things for different areas for right. different. Yeah, top, top, topography. Topography? How do you say that? Topography. Or, or like population. Yeah. If you have a city on the south side and a city on the north side and all there is is a street to separate, it's like clearly they can bum rush that and we can lose tons of, bo- tons of people um, quickly e- and, and easily, right? They can, they, they can crossing is super easy. But if you have no population and a bunch of mountains, obviously crossing, it becomes harder. And miles and miles of dry, hot desert. Right. (laughs) So fences make sense in some areas and less in others. But in the towns, the fences go up. And and I remember when, uh, I guess Trump was in, because I remember having this conversation in Calexico with some somebody who lived there, or maybe they were, maybe they were just coming down. To, people will come down and see the fence. Oh, I gotta see the fence. And this person was like, "Oh, you know, this is a stupid." They were anti-border fence. This individual, oh, the stupid border wall, and this and that. And I'm like, "Bro, Trump just got in like last week. This is Obama's funding. This is this has been. It's not like Trump comes in and the wall goes up tomorrow, right?" Funding has been approved for that months and months and months and months ago. This has been – these workers didn't just show up out of the blue. This has been in the works for many months. So <laughs> calm down. This is Obama's wall. <laughs> That's not true. It's like, <laughs> okay. Clearly, what, we, what I have learned is everybody knows way more about the border than the people at the border. Yeah, so like they don't the, want to that's hear like about all all of police work. In the Midwest, everybody knows all about the border. Yeah, I don't know anything about. It, yeah, but so, but he works. He goes there every day. What like, do I know? Clearly, I don't get it. 
So, but uh, back to your question, I guess. Walls and fences aside, like policy changes, there were consequences. There was not, um, let's ask a question. Do you think one morning, 20,000 people in Mexico, Guatemala, where they pick the country, just wake up and decide, we're going to America right now. And then there are people just mobilized and enable this to happen. Do I think that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I think planning goes into it. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to get that many people moving, right? Yeah. Anybody who's ever tried to plan an event where you have people coming, who's, it's who's really hard to it? get them to come. Who's paying for it? They don't have they're coming here for a better life, right? We don't have any money. Who pays for all this? It's I mean I'm I'm not gonna say anything, but this is a question that people should ask. Oh, they're just the poor. Say what you want, but then ask questions. Does this make sense? No, it does not make sense. Why was it not happening when Trump was in? Just, just ask. But I'm not going to answer anything. Yeah, but just it ask happened questions. before and it happened after. But why but not, not during? during. So, hmm. <laughs> I'm, I just posed that question. Interesting. So, that, so those are things that you know you, it, it, you don't notice it just trickling off and stopping. But once the floodgates are back open, it's like, whoa, my God, we're not, we're not equipped currently for this. Yeah, is it is the border patrol short on personnel as well? It depends on who you ask. If you ask the people down here, yes. If you ask the people not down here, uh, the rumor is we are overstaffed. Oh yeah. Does that include everybody that's uh, injured or? Oh yeah, not yeah. Able to work? yeah, yeah. Of course. All right, so I'm we're answering the question. The first question was like, did you make the difference that you wanted to make? And the answer, you shook your head, no. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something that you, at this point in your career, thirteen years in, I'm guessing you're about halfway through ish to where you like when before retirement. Hopefully less, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's always hopefully less. Hopefully Battleborn takes off and you can retire on that. Is there something that you wish to to accomplish in the remaining years of your time in Border Patrol or, or want to see happen? Of course there's stuff you want to see happen, but you realize that you're, not, you're nothing and nobody. You know? We are nothing and no one. The, the, the regular... You mean like your cogs? We are, we, yeah. Or a, or a number? Is that you mean like a number? Yeah, well, like... I never wanted to be management, you know? And and part of that was because my, my previous station was so bad. The management was so bad. And it was a constant fight constant and you realize how you're not doing the same job the jobs aren't the same we're in the same uniform but the jobs aren't the same right and 
same the people wearing the same uniforms say we're overstaffed and understaffed. It's a very different take on everything. So being someone who just who wants to go make the difference, do the job, be the one doing it, you realize you have you gotta play within what's what you you got, you got to do, you got to play by the rules. You got to stay out of trouble, you know. So there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, and they keep changing the rules on you every few years. So I, we we kind of have something to where like I'm uh, I would like to pick up canine. I've been working on that for a little bit, uh, which would be a, kind of a big change, but would also I don't know, make, not make you feel more effective, but like you're, you're, it's, it's a little more cut and dry, I guess. Um, it would, it would, maybe open up some more doors. I don't know. It would. It would um, they used to get paid more. They used, to, they used to make more money, and I guess when that happened, uh, when when they cut that or stopped that, uh, what they did was they give you. Because there's more work. It's more like at home work. Right. Take care of, Take care of that dog. This and that. Um, you work a le- an hour less uh, a day, which would be cool. Because we already have dogs to begin with. It's like, oh, just throw another one in there. And, <laughs> no. I don't know. Have you you've done some research on this? Because I don't think it's just adding another dog. Yeah. No, I, we, we have. <laughs> I have friends that are, that are handlers and, and stuff, so. All right, that's good. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I'm glossing over it, but it would be, I think it'd be a, a, a cool change. Yeah, overall, a, it would be a good thing. It'd be a cool change. and um, A little more. Uh, and you wouldn't have to commute as far oh, as the you commute would go would be to, a the, little bit less. Yeah. to the checkpoint rather than the station. <clears throat> um, but it. It would just be a different. It would be like it's not the same job, but your roles change, and it, it'd be a kind of a good way to. So I hear that. Here you're saying that it's going to be less time actually out there, so because you're more, you're home more, right? And the commute's less, meaning you're less on the road, meaning you're home more. So it sounds to me like, like it's a, that's the focus, right? The focus is to be home more. <laughs> hey, and hey, be with your family, yeah. right? You spend several years doing this commute and doing this job, and to get home. It, and that's your that's your focus. I won't lie; that's that's definitely plays into it. I think that's a huge deal. I mean, I think it's really important for not just you, but for Heather, for your family, and like you wanting to focus your time there. Even like having like a this business. So let's. I kind of want to dive into this business, like how it got started, and you guys decided to to start roasting coffee in in the end of 2020. Yeah. So how yeah. did this come about? Like, why? Where we? Where did coffee come from? Why coffee? And then. I'm guessing the machinery comes back to how you growing up around your dad working in a factory, but I don't know if that's even true. So how do we get, how do we decide on coffee? I went down to Costa Rica in 2006. No, 2006. I love Costa Rica. Yeah. So I, I was working at Chiquita in Cincinnati and I went down there and I was just this little tiny hotel and there was a breakfast, like a, breakfast out there and the guy says do you want coffee i said yeah he brings a french press out and he sets it on the table 
And he walks away, and I didn't have any cream or anything, and I was like, well, how well, am I going to drink coffee without before cream? Before this, before, start with before ah, Okay. <laughs> we were probably drinking Folgers or some, uh, some yeah. silly. I would just drink whatever's at work, that nasty Maxwell House stuff with the cream, with the powdered creamer. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't care. I, it was just, it was caffeine. It's morning. I need to have a lot of meetings today. I need to get it. So the guy walked away, and I, I'm like, I have to be in this meeting. So I take a drink of this coffee, and I was like, what? <laughs> coffee can taste good? Like, I didn't even know that coffee could taste good. I, there wasn't even a thing in my head that it was possible that coffee should taste good. So ever since then, we've been obsessed with, like, we started off with a French press, and we would grind our own, and... We were super obsessed with really dark roasts, um, and then it finally progressed. And then in, like, 2000, fast forward to, like, 2015, we're living in Yuma, and I'm, like, I, I got this friend who started roasting coffee, and I'm, like, I was talking to her, and she said we can just get this little thing that spins the beans around, and Brad's, like, ah, I don't want to mess with that. I'm, like, oh, that'd be so cool, but he was, like, no. And I'm, like, all right, fine. And then... Another. Who was a much angrier person? He was. Uh, he didn't like his station. wasn't the best. You know, they talk about the. They kind of. You, you feel like they're always against you. They're always work. trying to. Hundred percent. Get you. You know. Okay. Healthy. Um. So once we moved to Tucson, he's a lot more relaxed and happier, and you know, doesn't feel like he's. Under a microscope. Yeah. So then I don't know. Oh, you know, then COVID. And <laughs> oh, yeah, try, COVID happened. I forgot about so that. You, you try to go to a coffee shop, and they're all, how do we say? Do we say? <laughs> they're all woke. They're wearing the masks. Yeah, they're, they're fully all... drinking the Kool-Aid about the COVID, right? Yeah. It's, you know, believe- December we, we... of 2020, we're like, We've all survived this. Let's let's move on. Like masks aren't helping. There were people who didn't buy into it from the beginning. Yeah, which is then, where we are. <laughs> and then you know, until each their own. Like do your do the research and make your own decisions. Yeah. But like then leave. You do you. I'll do me. Yeah. And, Can we and just we'll, walk in and get a cup of coffee without you being? Well, there was. So there was we got refused service at a bakery because we weren't. My family wasn't wearing masks. They wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't come. They wouldn't come up to the counter. They were like thirty feet behind the yeah. counter. They wouldn't come up to it. I'm like, place. Yeah, we're in Cincinnati. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes into a local place and he walks in. It's just. Where are you going? I was to driving work? to work. I was going to work, so I had already given up on the company that I was buying coffee from. <laughs> I had a coffee subscription. The big one that yeah. all the <laughs> law enforcement like. <laughs> I try to, you know, <laughs> to each their own. Do you? Uh, I've done way more research on um, on some people than probably I should have, and I decided to do something different. I had stopped uh, doing that and was trying to find local what coffee are we, what that are we he liked. Because he didn't like the one that I had. Mine was very light, and so he wanted to find his own coffee locally. That he could get. We try to support we small were, businesses, local businesses. We weren't. Uh, it was. We were going. Th- we were bouncing around, and uh, I went to a local shop on my way to work one day. Green pants, green undershirt. You know. Everybody so, in Tucson knows your Border Patrol. Right. You're wearing. 
I want a cup of coffee on my way to work. I didn't have any here at the house that day, whatever. So I ran in, and uh, I was like, hey, I just want a cup of coffee. I hadn't done this for a long time. And uh, she's like, you need to wear a mask. And I was like, ah, no, just put some coffee in a cup, put it on the counter, and I'll put the card in, and we'll, I'll be on my way. And she's wearing a cloth mask, and I was like, just put the coffee in a cup. We can, you don't have to talk. Just, let's go. I was in a hurry, and, you know, I can't interact with you until you put a mask on. I'm like, we're interacting now. Just put coffee in the cup, and she wouldn't <laughs> do take it. Longer. She, she did come over to get me a mask that I gave back to her, and uh, some guy ended up finally coming and putting coffee in the cup. I put the card in the machine. I didn't know that coffees were $4 for a little cup of coffee. <laughs> I didn't know that. We so, just make it a home. <laughs> so uh, I got the coffee and we left. And I think that was a day. That yeah. was the day we bought our first little roast. He really? starts texting me like links Done. to green beans. And I was like, are we doing this finally? He's like, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Pushed yeah. over the edge. Starting on roasting company. I finally won him over. <laughs> so we bought a little roaster. We started roasting for us. And that was in December? That was, was it November yeah. or December? Yeah, I was like, yeah, it was probably November, December, somewhere, somewhere around there. Like it's the end of the year. It was this tiny little roaster that went on a camp stove. Oh, yeah. We don't have, yeah, we don't have we, the roaster. We, we, got we sold it. You got rid of it? This one was You had to put it up like on a shelf or something in a shadow box. Oh, well. It was yeah. still $500. <laughs> oh, wow. $500. We can put that back into the business. Got you it. know. <laughs> this one? <laughs> oh, wow. One was was $17,000. Oh, my gosh. That's a beast. We paid cash for it. (laughs) So it's like we want some of the money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tight. Yeah. Um, But we started roasting. We bought little – we were buying like one or two pounds at a time. Like little Ziploc bags. bags. Yeah. We should have brought out one of the little bags. Yeah, it's on. But uh, started doing that, and (laughs) – she would sit here, I don't know, with a piece of paper. Because, you know, we have software now and all this fancy stuff. But at the time, we were just doing it with temperatures. This little manual coffee roaster. And a timer, like trying to make the graphs. Every 30 seconds, I'm marking down the temperature, and he's trying to adjust it. But there's really not much adjustments to be made other than the heat. That's, like, the only thing you could do, right? Trying to heat up, trying to heat down. It was, it was there's pretty no, bad. like, airflow or anything. It was pretty bad. So we tried, but... Or even our first batch, we tried it and we're like, that's actually pretty good. Like, I I thought it was going to take us a while to kind of get the feel of it and, like, get it good. But, like, I mean, that's totally drinkable. So then we keep going and we're like, this is actually pretty good. Like, maybe we should think about selling it. Like, that'd be giving, we were cool. giving away a lot. Yeah. And then people are like, you should sell this. <laughs> like, so well. Then, like, it wasn't long we bought our second roaster, like February. So we bought a – it kind of worked out timing-wise with the roasters coming in stock. It's one of those weird things where it was like a highly sought-after roaster because it's inexpensive, comparatively speaking. Yeah. You have a lot more control than so, anything out there. So we got that and started – and that kind of – I guess that's probably when I started getting real yeah. stupid about – Coffee, all the little roasting books and the oh, yeah. website 
YouTube videos and yeah. And, you, and then you, so I found you got real I, deep in there. I didn't know anything. <laughs> went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so have, have you perfected your roast at this point? Like, I don't think that's a possibility. Okay, so are you always still changing it? Even now? Uh, I'm all little tiny Minor, tweaks. like micro adjustments. It's nothing big. But and what, I think- what makes you decide then? Taste. So you like, because we still drink everything. This is our coffee. I'm right. drinking our, we drink our, we drink our coffee. And um, so it's, every roaster is different. So you, it's always, this one we've had since September, almost a year this month, yeah. next month. We've had this one for a year now, and um, it was a it was a giant learning curve on this one at the beginning, because like this is a for real one, <laughs> for real, for real, like the venting and exhaust, yeah, huge, all the stuff. Like it's gas powered. The other one was electric. Oh so wow! It's a huge jump um, in the right direction. And it was, but it was still like. So even getting the even new so going from the last one to this one, we had taken our coffee to a local guy who's quality like he's what we want to be you know like one day pays attention he's he's not just doing because there are people that are doing it and have no still have no idea what to do just roast it oh, bag it it's, done it's green and now it's brown whatever all right. So, it's not, <laughs> But, That's probably but how I would be. I'd be like, all right, this one's good to go. Let's throw it in a pot. <laughs> People are doing this. People do that. It's true. But then you got Brad sitting here, even though he's got software and he's got everything on here, he's still taking notes every single roast. Don't give away your secrets. Does. <laughs> you can, don't give away your secrets. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all different. It's, it's all different. It's going to change tomorrow. If they don't live on our street and buy our beans, it's still going to be different. That's so funny. it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm kidding. So um, we've we've made uh, huge strides in consistency. But oh, so the guy down the road, he's got a giant. He's got a 15 kilo. This is a three. <clears throat> Um, he buys quality coffee. He roasts it well. That's the goal. Buy buy good stuff to start with, and then don't screw it up in the roaster. Because you can buy good beans and still just kind of ruin. Them. Really? By ruin them, I mean like just not do the beans justice. Yeah, because they all have something good in them. You just got to go find it, and you can not do that. You can just mass produce it and not care. That's that's people do that, and that's that's what I do. Do you? So can you taste it from one cup of coffee to the next, and you'd be like, "Oh, this one, this bag, or one bag to the next, or whatever." One roasting session. Oh, not not anymore. He'll generally know if it's gone bad, and then we don't we, we just, won't serve it. We just toss it. Oh, really? He, he won't drink it. He won't taste it. He's like, "Nope, this one's bad." Don't. It's, it's drinkable. <laughs> it's drinkable. It will be drinkable. But, and then sometimes I try to like. You know, any of those stuff you're going to throw away, I'll just send you a shipping label. You can just send it over here. If you're throwing it away anyway. I tried we, we, sh- we should. We should. I, I did that a couple times, especially when we first got the roaster. We were going through a lot. And I was like, I just started putting them in Ziploc bags and take them to homeschool meetings. And I'm like, here, just yeah. take like two, three pounds of coffee. These are not good enough for us to sell, but I think they're drinkable. 
yeah, then they absolutely. would come back to me and be like, that's the best coffee I've ever had. That's so I funny. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, but I can't sell it to you. So. <laughs> and that's, that's my problem. Like, I can't yeah. get it through my head that, like, I will, you, you know, you strive for perfection, but you're, not, you're never going to get it. Right. But at the same time, if it goes very much awry, it's like. Well, if it's bad, bad, I won't give it to people. But they weren't, they weren't bad. Yeah. They're not. Never, they were just not at their peak. They never are anymore. No, no, we they're don't never, have any. They're, they're unless even, the gas goes out or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think you still the even saved that one, didn't you? I did. <laughs> so the other day, I ran out of gas mid-roast. And we have a pressure gauge, and it's like... Uh, it's a little five-pound propane tank like you have on your grill. Right. It's not, it's not I, a big one. I think we can... I think I, can, I think I have another roast in this tank. I thought I did. And I was like, we're going to go. And I put it in and went, went in. And it, it, started, it started off fine. And it started dropping. And I was like, crap. And I looked at the gauge and was like, oh, shit. Let's try to, let's try to save this. And I, so I tried to make adjustments and I tried to save it. Realistically, I probably did by the numbers. But I was like, I don't have time to screw with this, and I need more of this car, this bead. We're just gonna dump it, change the tank, and we're going. We got, I got, I got, I gotta keep going. I just dumped it, and I kept going. I don't have time Kills to figure this me. out. <laughs> and when that happens, it's five pounds of coffee gone. Yeah, dude. So. That's where we are. Like we're we can't afford to do that, but I won't. Something won't allow me to. It's about being. Hey, it's it's a quality thing too. You don't want to. I feel like that's like it's like pride. You're priding your product, and then what's the point of you? I mean, it's like I understand it's a short loss for you to put out a quality product versus putting out an inferior product where you're like, hey, you know what? We're just gonna do it anyway. And then someone's like, if someone says, hey, uh, that wasn't as good as last time. Or if it's their first bag from Oh, it. yeah. So oh, there you right. go. Yeah, they're no better. Than you definitely don't want right. to put a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. Well, I've tried all, like, I don't know if it's all of the ones you have, but I tried that, the multi-pack one, yeah. and I, they're all delicious. Yeah. They're really you. good. Yeah. I, I like I saved the Costa Rican one because I was I was because I had, like, a little affinity for Costa Rica, so I saved it for last. But, yeah, they're all really good. That's, that's what I'm drinking today. Is oh, the is Costa, drinking the Ethiopia yeah. Ethiopia is always my favorite. Is it? So tell me about Battleborn. How did you come up with the name? I'll do it. Yeah. Are we right. doing the full one? <laughs> well, I, we tried to adjust how we say this because at first I was, I was, it's almost like it started out of spite. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if you guys are going to be retarded, then we're going to do this. Uh, but so we started during, like we said, during all the COVID and all the, you know, we're, you can't go out without a mask on. You can't, you know, we're going to, things were shut down. They were shutting down businesses. They were, yeah. they were, it was a takeover. It was, right? It was. It felt like war. It is war. Yeah. Uh, so we, being the patriotic American type folks, you know, we're, we're, we, we felt like we were in the middle of, Revolution number two, and and where was America born? War, the battlefield, yeah. The Revolutionary War to start this country, and 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 we feel like we're still we still they've 
said back then, you're going to have to fight for your freedoms forever or they will go away. So that's what we're doing. And we're, we refuse to give in to this BS, COVID crap, and you know, put the mask on to go wherever. It's like, if you won't let us in as freaking free people, we'll do it ourselves. And we'll sell to the people who are like us and refuse to bow down. Yeah. So here we are. As Battleborn, Coffee Company was born yeah. in this fight. Yeah. America was born in this fight. Same but different back then. And, and now, uh, you know, and, and we kind of even related it to daily battles of whatever, the job of the, of the whatever. Parenting. Everybody, yeah, <laughs> everybody has, has their stuff to deal with. So. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Where it came from. That's good. So who actually said, the, who actually came up with the name? It was a mutual thing. We had, we had lots of um, stuff written down. There were lots, so lots, many names. Lots and lots. Oh, my gosh. And it's really hard because there are so many coffee companies. Yeah. So many. Like, just, even if they're just serving coffee, maybe they're not a coffee roaster, but, like, I wanted a unique name that didn't exist. And so I'm trying to come up with all kinds of things. And I thought Meta would be really cool, <laughs> right? Because it means, like, encompassing everything, like, one step above. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, Meta Coffee. I am so glad we didn't go with that. Yeah, you would have been owned by Facebook. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so. I'm but, surprised yeah. that that even, when I saw that, I didn't, it took me forever to figure out that that was even a thing. I, I'm always behind the time on all this stuff, the Facebook yeah. stuff. But I'm like, what is this? Not knowing that they, like, owned everything. I don't know. Yeah. It was just yeah. nuts. They, they, they'll probably own this podcast when they watch. I know. Right? I'm sure they are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy though. So then uh, do you want to tell the story about the farmer's market? You kind of brought it up a little bit, but like what's going on? Like how do you guys get kicked out of a farmer's market? We're very likable people. You are. Um, we, we, we really are, are though. Like we're not. Okay. Well, how hard is it to get into? How hard is it to get into a farmer's market? It's very competitive because they only want, one coffee person, whether you're roasting your own, it doesn't matter. You can only have one coffee person. It doesn't make sense because when you go to a farmer's market, there's 10 people that sell cucumbers. Yeah. There's three people that roast peppers. They have all different peppers. They roast them different ways. So it's still a different product. And it's the same thing with coffee. You're not, you know, you have craft beers or you have wines. Like it's all different Jeez. depending on your, your product and how you do it yourself. So, People can buy our exact same beans and roast them in a completely different way, and it's going to taste like a different product. Right. But they only want one. So, so we found the one we got into was their their whole what's the word their whole thing. I don't know the word. Was the base of their business is we don't care. Just everybody, it's fine. Okay. We don't care if there's twenty coffee guys. That's yeah. your problem, not mine. Yeah. You deal with the competition. Like, yeah. Cool. And there's, you know, there's probably, there are loads of jewelry companies there. And there's a couple different clay guys, but they all have their own different style. So it's not, it's still not the same product. So, and I don't have a problem with competition. You know, you want to, I don't care. Well, there's, there's several coffee roasters here in Tucson. I don't dislike any of them. We've talked mm-hmm. to many of them. They're, you know, for the most part, good dudes. Mm-hmm. Not like, one came up to our booth at this market 
uh, who they roast not far from here. What they say they have a ten kilo. They have the same company roaster we we bought ours from, just a bigger one. Came up, and I'm ninety nine percent sure we're very different people. But he came up and he's like, "Oh, what are you roasting on?" And I was like, "Who are you?" This and that. He said who he was, and I'm like, "We talked for a good little bit about roasting coffee because it's it's a craft. It's it's, right. it's cool. It's really involved. You know? Yeah, there's there's a lot. Uh, good yeah. guy." But, so there's a coffee shop, uh, a coffee shop, not a roastery. In the plaza. In the plaza that uh, this farmer's market was set up in. So there's restaurants and yoga studios and a lot of business whatever. There. Right there. And they have a brick and mortar. And they, um, I guess the, the management company or whatever, they're all, it's all like intertwined. The, um, the, the farmer's market management and the, Plaza for lack of a better term, the HOA of the, of the just the plaza, plaza people, right. like the people who manage the plaza, are in control of what happens. So they they <laughs> the coffee shop decided they wanted no competition, even though that was why we got in there in the first place. We're only there, we were only there on Saturdays Saturday from ten to three. <laughs> They're like, nah. My little tiny tent is competing that much with you that I can't even stand here and sell some coffee beans when you don't even roast your own coffee? Whatever. <laughs> so they sent us a message on Facebook one yeah. day, and they're like, you're all gone. Yeah, you're out. Really? Yeah. yeah. Don't come back next week. <laughs> so. so now is it so strictly online? Everything's online? We have a – we're in one coffee shop mm-hmm. here. Um Grandma Coffee on, on Ina, they, they have a, it's just a coffee shop. They buy coffee from another roastery in town. Um, and we have bags of coffee sitting on the shelf there. Do they brew your coffee as well or just sell bags? Uh, no. They sell bags. Yeah. I don't think we're at a point where we can sell at the price that they're getting their coffee. Because, you know, there's markups on everything. And, right. And the place they're getting it from, fine roastery. You know, I, I can't say anything bad about them. They, um, but they're bigger. They're just bigger. So, the more you roast, the more you can buy in bulk, and right. that really makes a big difference. If you can buy like an entire skid of coffee or an entire container of coffee at a time, like that's that's going to make a down. huge difference. Yeah. yeah, there's a huge price drop for that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, where can people find your coffee? What's it? What's your website? Battleborn Coffee. We have uh, subscriptions available on there, so you can set it up to receive shipments every two weeks up to eight weeks and uh, choose which one you want, you know, whichever roast you like. If you like to start with a sample pack, you can start with a sample pack. And we also have three-ounce samples um, that you can get individually if you know you like Mexico Chiapas. You can order the sample and have that sent to you um, and then we're going to do a discount code, 10%, and it's going to be grab a cup. Oh, yeah? So text in grab a cup. We'll all get right. uh, 10% off their first order. Grab a cup. All, is it, all, does, it, does it matter what the – One word. All, all one word. word. Grab a cup. That's really cool. So 10% off their first order? Yep. And then we do oh, man, I, will, I already ordered something. I know. I'm That's kidding. Right. We'll get, we'll get I'll have my wife do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So I don't know. Shopify might kick you out because you have the same address. 
They're pretty smart about that. Oh, they are. So who does that? How does that work? So you, so if someone or goes and gets a subscription, yeah, who's distributing this coffee? Are you doing all the work? We do. Yeah. So you, so so you're managing the subscriptions and you're distributing them monthly and how, how does it plug in on our Shopify site? Yeah. Okay. So you spend a lot of time at the beginning because you know, there's, there's, there are some cool, um, (laughs) companies or whatever you want to call them that, that have like, Providers for providers those shops for, for websites. Yeah. Right. There's, this, there's like Wix and Shopify, and there's there's some others. Mm-hmm. But she did a lot of research on you know Wix versus Shopify versus I forget the other. I remember Wix and Shopify. And you have to look into like what features each one has. So right, wow. Yeah, but we like Shopify. It has a lot of stuff, and if it doesn't have what you need, there's usually an app, which is kind of like a little plugin for the site that will allow you to manage it. So it, it's working out pretty well. You know, I'm not saying there are no bugs, but occasionally we find little things. It's yeah. like when you select this coffee, you can't do a local delivery. It's like, why? Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> but, you know, I, gotta, I don't know. I don't There's know. One time somebody <laughs> in Indiana tried to order, and it's like, they won't let us order. It's shipped to Indiana. It's yeah. Like, why? What the heck? Hold on. There's a whole, like, shipping profile thing you have to figure out. It's a whole thing. Really? <laughs> I spent so you can't ship to certain places? Well, that, now that we can. That was like in the beginning. Okay. We didn't, there was like a shipping profile I had set up, I guess, that didn't allow. I don't know. It's very confusing the way the shipping well, that's, on Shopify that's works. The thing. Like we're not, we're not perfect, and we're not. Yeah. Like, we know that there are people who go into something like this, and it's like, I'm going to do it perfect, and we'll start off with everybody who knows what they're doing. The coffee <laughs> roaster knows what they're doing. The web person knows what they're doing. The the distributor knows, like, they all know what they're doing. We don't know anything. <laughs> you, go on, we're learning as we go. I, le- I spent a lot That's the way I do stuff, too. Just, hey, we're testing and see how it goes. Exactly. I spent a lot of time learning how to make turn coffee. He dark. worked on the coffee, and I worked on the business. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we feel like we're doing a pretty good job. But, like, if people have problems, email us with the website or whatever, with the shipping. Oh, yeah, we get messaging on the on the website. You can just message me, and it goes straight to my phone. Crap, we, we didn't know it. that. Thanks for letting yeah, us know. Yeah, I get right on top of it and try and figure it out. But we didn't want to be – we didn't – I don't think either one of us wanted to be the company that hired everything done. Like right. We want to, want to learn how to do it yourself. If we're yeah. going to sell you a bag of coffee – we want it to be our bag of coffee. Yep. Nothing against anybody who does it another way, but like that's just how we wanted to do it. So we bought this giant roaster and spent nothing on learning how to do it, really. Yeah. Well, like no threw, classes? We threw a bunch of coffee away. Yes. We did throw a bunch of coffee yes. away. You got to stop doing that. We need to figure out a way to not throw coffee away. <laughs> no, I did. Let me show you something. There are not a lot of books available for coffee roasting, and there are not a lot of people willing to talk about it. It's generally passed along from person to person, so really? you need to work for a coffee roaster if you want to learn the craft. So uh, we found a lot of videos online by the people who make our roaster, and that was kind of the one of the deciding factors that helped us go with them. So it's like, you know what? They've put all this information out there for free, and they have some really good customer service. So we want to support them in what they're doing. So we went ahead and went with them for our roaster. What's the name of the company? Mill City Roasters. They're Mill City in Roaster. Minneapolis, okay. right? Minnesota. But 
In fact, we were just on the phone with him this morning and last Yeah. No, oh, really? Yeah, we had a problem with the roaster connecting, but I think we got it fixed now, so we should be getting this the roast today. little tiny box. <laughs> this whole book. In this book. $50 book. <laughs> changed everything. Really? This one little, yeah. one little box has changed the way he roasts from now on, so. And it really made things... These are the kind of More things consistent. you have to like go out and try and find out yourself because we don't we don't have the time to like go be a roaster at a place, you know. Yeah. I got three kids at home all the time. He's got twelve hours working and gone every day. Yeah. So I know how do you find yeah. find that time? That's a lot of time. It really is. So I would just I would at the beginning I was doing a lot of roasting out out here at night. So I come out here after work and roast coffee because you can do it whenever. That's the thing about not having a store, shop, or a store. You can do whatever, whenever. Like in bag coffee in the middle of the night, middle of the day, doesn't matter. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, can- <laughs> We're always bagging something, some crazy hour, doing something. <laughs> There's coffee beans in like every room of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So this is the contraption behind you. Okay, that's the roasting machine. Yep. Yeah. And it's hooked it. up to a vent ventilation system. Yeah, you see it goes up and then out of the shed. Yeah, that's cool. It generates some smoke. And yeah. Some heat. It's really hot in here in the summer. Is it? Anyway, but then when you got that roaster going, it's really hot. You said your neighbor has one that's like that's bigger, just down the street. There's a no, he's he's a proper coffee shop. Oh, okay. A, a so he, Maybe two miles away. Yeah, he bought a. I don't know how long they've been open, but so he's a good dude, and he bought he bought a he bought a ten kilo. They shipped it to him, and it was a weird thing that it came dented, or something was broken. Something was something was wrong with it. And these things are like that's a, they're a lot of money. Yeah, and it's giant. He had already signed <laughs> off on it. And uh, he found out it was dented and called the company. He's like, crap, I signed off on it. They were really cool. They hooked him up with a 15 kilo instead of a 10. They flew it in special, sent someone out to like help him learn how to use it. Because that's a process, learning how to use them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and so really quality, quality stuff, right, all the way around. When we started roasting, I took him, I took him bags this size. Compared to our normal size. Right. So there's a sample packs? Yeah. yeah. So this is a sample bag. This is a three ounce sample bag. These are six dollars on the site. And these are this one specifically is eight seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, the other ones are eighteen, but we get the Mexico for a little bit less. So this is our full size bag, twelve ounce. All right. Um, so we took them the coffee and we're like, Hey, we we drink these and tell us how we're doing kind of thing. So he did, and, and a lot of time went by, and, he, and I heard nothing, and I was like, I'm like what's going on? So He's I, a busy guy, too. He, he works full-time and yeah. runs the coffee shop. So. He has a job? <laughs> I thought that was, I don't know. Anyway. Okay, we don't know. <laughs> I thought that was his job. Anyway, um, so he didn't get back to us. I finally get a hold of him, and he's like, I, I kind of forgot what they taste like. <laughs> Did you? Are you sure? So I brought him some more. I brought him all five, and I brought I brought him from the new roaster. From the new roaster, I didn't say anything. I was like, "Here's five more. Whenever you get around to it." 
And like a few days later, a week later, he sends a picture. He's got this proper tasting room and everything, like humidity. The, the table proper. has to be at the right height. You have what? to have the right cups and certain spoons. The water is a certain temperature. Like everything is very precise. We're not quite that way. <laughs> That's the SCA yeah. way to do it. The, 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 Specialty coffee. Association so as a result, so he he <laughs> sends me a picture <laughs> of all of our bags and the cups and all this stuff, and he's like, "Did you get a new roaster since the last time you sent me or gave me coffee?" And I was like, "Yes." And he's like, "All I said was much better." <laughs> I'm like, "You knew what the taste." That's so funny. He didn't yeah. want to make us feel bad telling so. us that their coffee wasn't very good. So, <laughs> so he's like, you just, you really cleaned it up. He's like, not that it was bad, but you really cleaned it up. And I'm like, okay, good. What is, like, what is that? And he, he really did a lot of explaining. We talked on the phone. He explained a lot of things. And, and that's kind of what I, we learned that it, you know, they say smaller is better, which is not false really, but in this regard, Maybe smaller to a certain batches. What do you mean, smaller what's better? Well, like all oh, small batch or handmade or oh. this or that. People think all oh, smaller is better. Like small, small batch coffee, small batch beer, small batch. Like it's and it is good. But what to, what is defined small? Because everything's relative. If we were roasting on a one kilo before, it wasn't as good as a three kilo now. Did I learn more between them? Of course. But the roaster has something to do with that too, because there's it's, it's more industrial, it's more real, right? So it made it taste better, and that's why you see like oh you know, he's also small batch roasted coffee, but he's doing about fifteen kilos. Is it small? Who it depends on who you're, As you're comparing to? Yeah, right. I mean, if you compare to the big, if you right. compare to the grocery store, we're all small. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think so. Yeah, no, of course. And, and that's what I mean. Like, so when people say small and you're like, cause somebody did ask me when we got the new roaster at work is like, Oh, is it, is it no longer small batch? Is it going to be as good? It's like people are already telling me it's better. So that's, that's a plus. It's a good thing. Increasing size of the roasters is, is turning out to be a good thing. So maybe, you know, when we upgrade and we go to a full-on warehouse and, and, you know, a 10 kilo or 15 or whatever we're going to. It's so small. It doesn't matter. Maybe it'll be better. I don't know. Who knows? You start giving tours of your... Uh, your Absolutely. Uh, we're going to do some homeschool field camps. Yeah, be, <laughs> I'm serious. That'd be cool. Right now, it's, yeah. it's, obviously, you can see it's super small. We just have, we have some coffee. But I don't know if you, how well you can see it. But there's yeah. coffee bags back there from, like, where we get our coffee. Oh, yeah. That's cool. The roaster, and then we got a flag over here. It's super tight in here, but for now, it's, it does what it needs to do because you know it was a bag and sell kind of thing, not a yeah. Or, so ultimate goal is like let's next big coffee shop here or what or coffee roasting? Yeah, I don't. I mean, would you like shop, to have your own shop? A shop would have to be later, I, unless. Yeah. We go back and forth on wanting a coffee shop because doing the market really opened our eyes to what serving coffee looks like. Yeah. It's more, 
it's more just giving my coffee and that's not what we're about. We're about quality coffee. So people coming up, you know, where's the whipped cream? Do you have espressos? Like, no, we roast really good coffee. Just try it. Right. But that's where we're at. And at least have an open mind and, and sure. You try it first and see what it's appreciate it for what it is. If you like cream in your coffee, then do that. But at least understand that because you can mask, uh, it changes crappy the coffee. flavor. Yeah. You can mask crappy coffee with. Oh yeah, with any, for sure. Anything to it. Yep. But you can also get really good coffee and, and make it different, but better with adding cream to it or sugar or, but we're more purists, I guess, in a way. So the chemical. Do you not cream, add anything to your coffee when you drink it? She does uh, sometimes heavy cream. Because it's mostly it's, black. I never put sugar. I cannot stand sugar in my coffee. Interesting. <laughs> I haven't gotten to black coffee. I can't. I have to always add something to it. But yeah. well, I, I generally drink it black just because it's easiest. Yeah, I haven't added sugar for a long time either. Yeah, make the coffee, put it in the cup, and it's you drink it. But um, I understand, and I'm not anti putting cream in coffee. Like mm-hmm. that's not. But let it stand on its own. Yeah. And try it. Understand because and appreciate that it's good. It's like tasting a wine and then like mixing something else in with it. Or like a craft beer. You're not gonna you're not gonna mix something with it. You're not gonna just squirt a lime in it first before you take a drink, right? You wanna taste what that beer tastes like first. Yeah. Or that wine, you know. Why doctor it up? Because you're convinced that every cup of beer needs to have lime in it. That that doesn't need to happen, you know. Look at it differently. It yeah, can be a beverage. Sense. on Yeah. That's what we would tell people. So some people come to the market and like, there were, there was, there was an older crowd that was just don't want to, don't care. It's, if it's not Folgers and <laughs> $3 for a five gallon bucket at home, then they don't, they yeah. don't, they don't care. It's, and that's fine. That's, those aren't our yeah, people. You know, okay. we want the people who want really good quality coffee. That's not sprayed with chemicals. That's made with care and precision and, yeah, with, handcrafted, with, you know. With care. I mean, I, I, we understand that there's way higher dollar coffee than we have. Yeah. And, and we understand that there's way cheaper. Mm-hmm. But we do care about quality. We do. The, we, we have spent a lot of time learning how to make it better. Yes. We buy high quality to start with. Not $20 a pound or $30 a pound coffee, but yeah. not $2 a pound coffee, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, and then stand behind the, the, the personality of the business of, mm-hmm. you know, Americanism, yeah. patriotic, yeah. you know, supporting law people. enforcement, supporting yeah. I like that. the people. Yeah. So right now it seems like when you talk about the coffee shop, specifically Brad, comparing that to your other job. You you like you light up more. You're de- definitely more invested mentally. I feel like in what's going on with the roasting and stuff like that, compared to the your day job. I would say, right. So if it, and you talked about earlier, if you could be a professional athlete and just focus on professional athlete, uh-huh. would you do it? <laughs> what would it look like? So what would it look like if you're professional, your professional coffee roaster, and that was it? What would it look like? I don't know. Um, I, it's hard to know because we can't, 
at the current stage with the three kids and everything, and if, if we had a ton of money, things would be different. We don't. Oh, yeah. And we're trying to we're trying to make this. It's been a it's been a little bit since we put our own money into it, into this. Yeah, business. it's standing on its own. Um, so, but oh, great. growing is, is it's it's harder than I thought it would be. Um. So, with that being the case, I think the next logical step is is a bigger roaster in a bigger place, because that would mean we're selling enough coffee to to pay for to the pay space. For that. <laughs> and um, if we had money, then we we were able to hire employees. Obviously, that, that changes really nice. everything. Yeah. If, if that's oh, the all place, the bagging and the shipping, that's that's very time consuming. Right. And if that's the case, then then um, a, a storefront almost um, makes more sense. And maybe even to a small degree, like you know, there's a there's a brewery down the road from us that uh, I, I don't know where they started exactly, but their biggest portion they're in a. <laughs> They're not where you expect them to be. They're not where you expect a bar to find find a bar. It's it's more of a tasting room. Uh, Yeah, like a tap room. Yeah. But it's a cool little outfit. Uh, Marine, retired. Surprising when you walk in there. It's very cool. Good dude. It's a cool place. Yeah. Uh, But it it almost appears that they started as a, we're brewing beer here with all the tanks and and all this stuff. And then it's like, hey, we can open a tap room. Let's just put up a wall here and some bathrooms <laughs> over here. Boom, tap room. <laughs> and some, some pallets to separate the front and the back. I feel like a lot of those start that way. I yeah. think it's awesome. I think it's a really awesome place. Um, and, and cool lighting and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now they have a tap room. So, so that's that, probably the direction. If I, you had your way, well, that would probably be, and you weren't working all the time, that would make a huge difference. Yeah. So when you look for your next big spot, just make sure that little front room is a, there's still walking space. So some, when you yeah. have to put up that wall, you're ready to go. So yeah. I don't know. There's there's a, there's somebody in town who has. I think he's only roasting in the back and making some cold brew, and there's no coffee drinking. It's just selling bags of coffee, sort of yeah. a place. It's just a storefront with bagged coffee. I, and no employees. I don't know. I don't understand the financials. That would be awesome. But um, <laughs> to just do that and not have to serve drinks, because once you do the drinks, people's expectations are totally different. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, so it's, it, we're still figuring a lot of like it's mm-hmm. we're doing it all as we go. So we're learning. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see different uh, setups and see what you like and dislike, and then figure out okay how to. There's this option. There's this option. There's this option. What fits us more? So I feel like a tap room. See, we need to do that, like, for coffee, where you have, like, a tap room, and you just come in and try it, and everybody just sit down, and it's about the drink. Yeah. Just like, just like the craft brewery places, just like the wineries. Yeah. Why can't, why can't coffee be like that? You know? I think it could. Yeah. I think that'd be Maybe cool. Someday, yeah. Like- so, okay, the two of you going through all these changes from – Indiana to Cincinnati to California to Arizona, you bouncing all around, growing your family, now starting a new business. What advice do you have or what insights can you take from this point 
looking back on your lives together to help new couples or people who are in a similar situation, you know, whether they're a first responder or just really, maybe they're just like really busy with, with the job that they have right now, but they also have this idea that they want to start something else. What insights can you bring to them and like in the ability to do this together? I think that's the most important part is that we're both on the same page with it because we've talked to a lot of small businesses where it's just like the husband is doing it or the, you know, the law enforcement officer has his own business, but like the wife isn't involved in any way. And I think if I wasn't helping, there's no way this would happen because he, he can't have the time to manage all of this. So I think having at least two people, involved is a big thing and you have to you have to know how to work together well, you're gonna f- you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna screw up you're yeah. gonna do things that are stupid and you learn <laughs> look back it's like wow well, was- there's so many times you know like with the market like once we started the market i was like oh my gosh we can sell the coffee for this much and Every cup, we make this much profit, and it's going to be great. But then, like, sitting there week after week, and, like, maybe there's nobody coming by for an hour, and you're just sitting there thinking, my kids are at home. I could be with my kids right now. Brad's off at work. Most of the time, it was me sitting at the market by myself. Like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. <laughs> and in a, way, in a way, you kind of are. Yeah. Uh, but it was good for building the business. But then you learn, like, what do I want to do, you know? Figure out. Kind of learn we don't want to do that. Yeah, we learn, yeah, we don't really like that. Yeah. That's not my thing. So I don't know that I would want to own a coffee shop unless I have someone serving the drinks Or you can, you can run it and not yes. manage it, if that makes sense. Well, like, you manage you can, it, but not, like, yeah. not be making the drinks. Right. Every day. Yeah. Or that you makes can sense. be in, or you can. Yeah. You can choose, like, what? I'll make a pour over for you, whatever. But, like, I don't want to have to be there for eight hours or however long the business is open, only serving drinks that people don't appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> the fact so, that you two are on the same page, I think, is the most important, like you said before. Like, you guys working together and having, like, a kind of, like, you said, it's this whole thing, idea of, like, born in battle, right? Like, you guys are battling together to make sure this thing is successful, and whatever it looks like, whether it's small or big or however you guys make it look. Exactly, yeah. I don't think it changes. Like, I think for – you have all these different ideas, and you, you, know, you want to do all sorts of things, like super crafty and super – you know, she's, she's more looks uh, – she's way better at, like, making things look good. <laughs> and, you know, whether it's bags or whatever – and I, I think it kind of took a personality that was maybe not what she had envisioned initially. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> but we started going in this direction. And I was like, wait, this wasn't really. But <laughs> it's kind of taken on its own well, you adjust. personality. Yeah, you adjusted, and like we we did started as wanting to to what's that called when you like fuck the system or whatever, like you know, stand up to the challenge, like a yeah. yeah. I don't know. So you kind of status quo, like challenge the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not, there's in in a lot of the, we're different from what a lot of, what many, I guess, of the 
Most of the coffee, coffee people are woke. Are doing. Yeah. And, and so while the bags might look rougher, rougher? I think they have a more masculine yeah. identity. Uh, yeah, I would say company, that. I would say that. The company in general does. Is that not what you wanted? That's not what I originally thought. It was going to be flowers and <laughs> very feminine. Um, but then the more that I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I think we need to find our people. And I think our people are law enforcement and, it's even, and I mean, it's not, patriotic. Yeah, but it's not just. Or they these. support law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, it can be the wives, too. Because it's because I mean, this is family, like it's, yeah, family is important, and, and like there's you know we're she's we are involved with homeschool groups multiple even, and it is cool that you know the moms can relate to oh you know it's like the Costa Rica having George crossing the river on the like in the background and and we got Paul Revere on the Lexington and, and stuff. They can relate to that too, and a lot of those people also are same as us, patriotic. You know, one of they're sick of the crap that's going on, and like they can relate to that also. So it's not just guys. no, it's not just it's, you know what I mean. It's well, I think the branding looks great. I, I mean, I, I all the packaging is amazing. That's why when you see your the graphic designer, I'm like, oh, that's really that's pretty cool. So and, she, and, and the she, coffee obviously tastes amazing. So. Yeah, you guys are doing it right. I mean, I wouldn't know the difference between your your one kilo versus your three kilos one. I'm sure, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I, I, don't know. I wouldn't yeah. bring out the tasting cups. Yeah, yeah right. That's cool though. Uh, is there anything anything uh, last words you want to offer to the people listening? Well, we've got to reiterate your uh, website. You said Battleborn dot coffee. Battleborn dot coffee, and so um, probably the one that sells the most is this one, right? So I just want to draw attention to this label on the borderline. That is a picture of a mountain that Brad has stood on. That's a helicopter that came to pick him up one day. Wow. The guys are from pictures that he took, and I made it into a label. That's so, really cool. You know, it gives you a feel for what it's like being out in the mountains, uh, searching for groups, looking for drugs, you know. So this one is dedicated to our... Border Patrol guys, and then we have the six, which is for law enforcement, uh, first responders, military, military. And so this right here is a new product that we're gonna think we're we're working on fleshing out all the details. Right now, it's really time consuming to make, but what it is is uh, coffee in a tea bag. Okay. So you have a, a ready cup of coffee to go. All you need is a for mug and some hot water. Oh yeah. So how would that work? Coffee in a tea bag is actually you stick that into a coffee cup in hot water. Yep, in some hot water. You can take it camping. You can take it out in the field. You know, whatever you're traveling in a hotel and they got crappy Keurig coffee. All you need to do is go get some hot hot, hot water and put it in a mug. And uh, then you've got really is that a, Can I ask? Is that already a thing? I've never heard this before. So it is funny story. Yeah. So we had this brilliant idea. Like I say, we, we... We talk about this all the time. This is like, we're just talking about coffee yeah. all day. <laughs> we're texting each other. <laughs> so we, we had this idea. And 
she's been trying to find bags that fit. And I've been finding the tea bags because there's all kinds of tea bags, different material, different sizes, different this and that. So we the don't want to fall bags, apart. You know, right. Bust. So the tea bag is sealed closed, and then this bag is sealed closed. There's two ceilings in one bag. Um, and we're doing this all ourselves. So, no, there's no machines. This is all manually measured out. 15 grams of coffee, you grind it, and then you use a little spoon and put it in the bag. So we got to figure out a better way to do this. So we, think, so we did We're getting this. real close to not being able to do this manually anymore. <laughs> we did this, and she's like, see the bottom? Can you, can you read the car can I? Got some little icons to show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to make it. Yeah. Okay, so she was sitting there the other day trying to figure out how, we, how are we going to make this because it's small, how can we make this simple and easy, but they know what to do with this when they get it? Right. So you can be out camping so and follow we, directions. <laughs> we looked at, this is a thing. We didn't know this was, was a thing until we had this done and we were trying to make the label. <laughs> so there are companies you can send these out to, send your coffee to, they'll bag it, everything for you. Uh, separate label, everything. Do everything for you. But you got to send them a whole bunch of coffee, and we're not that big. <laughs> we, so we, we don't, can't afford it. Also, we don't like to have that much coffee sitting. Right. We, we keep it fresh. We try to roast mostly to order, so we just kind of keep up with our orders, we try to, and by, we don't leave too much. Yeah. It's like a weekly rotation. Yeah. So companies, there's a company that already does this packaging. Yeah, but better. But I'm saying, but yeah, but it's, it's already exists. Okay. Yeah, it's that's so crazy though. <laughs> the company is called like Steeped Steeped Coffee or yeah. something. Steeped. So apparently, everybody just uses them. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know. So as we were looking for 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 how we we're gonna do this, we found this out. Yeah. And it's like, well, freak. <laughs> you know that would have been like that would have been good. I mean, that would have been great during COVID. You went all the I think when all the coffee shops were closed and stuff. That would have been great for all the agencies yeah. to have on hand, like so people can just like make a quick cup of coffee and not have to worry about like roasting a whole pot. Because you know the stations, like you don't want to roast a whole pot if it's you're gonna have one cup of coffee in the afternoon. You don't need a whole exactly. pot of coffee sitting there for like six hours. Yeah. So um, good for you know office. I don't know if there's a way to like get look at look at police agencies maybe or something like that first. See if they'll yeah. order a large amount. Then you can send them off so they're already pre-ordered. And then you don't have to have them on hand. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of all different ways to do different stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to sort it out, but again, we're doing it all ourselves. So <laughs> this is everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys got. Hey, you got a lot on your plate, but you're doing it. You're in the. You're on the battlefield. You got it going. That's yeah. right. <laughs> all right. So. All right, let's so wrap up. But uh, so it's battleborn.coffee. It's where you can get your subscriptions and you can get your uh, the taster pack. What do you guys call it? Sample pack? Sample pack. Sample yeah. pack. And grab for for listeners, if you use grab a cup, G-R-A-B-A-C-U-P, in a discount code, it's 10% off your first order. Yeah, that's awesome. I will appreciate it. I'll put that out on the show notes as well. So if you're looking for that, and we'll put a link to your website there too. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, this is this is fun. So I know we've been talking about it for a couple months. So I'm glad I finally got you on here. Yeah, it's kind of hectic sometimes. Hey, I mean, you're busy, man. Yeah, I don't know. Both of you guys are are nonstop. 
especially with the kids. I don't know yeah. how I can do it. <laughs> well, again, appreciate it. And we'll close out. You can find this on uh, letsgrabacup.com or sturgeonwellness.com and find me on Instagram at uh, letsgrabacup. And you find you guys on Instagram at Battleborn Coffee Roasters. Yeah. Right? Cool. Well, thanks again. We'll just get this outro music on. appreciate it's coming on. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, you too.